0: You're listening to the Utah Man Podcast, bringing you the latest news and analysis for your Utah Utes. Now, your hosts, Cameron, Ryan, and
1: Scott. Welcome on into the Utah Man Podcast. On this episode, the Utes fall to the Trojans, 33-17. We'll be breaking that down, giving our thoughts on that game and then look ahead to see who Utah may be playing this weekend. I'm Cameron, and we got Ryan. Hey, Ute Nation! And Scott.
2: How we doing?
1: Oh, we've been better. We've been we've been better. Hopefully, you guys have showed up because Utah's offensive line didn't against the Trojans. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Scott. That was bad. That let's just let's just start there. That bad. old line was. Bad performance by well, Utah. Well, don't uh, don't outline
2: just the the O line. <laughs> the entire offense was was pretty bad. Let's let's be honest. I mean, who expected this? We talked about this all off season and leading all the months that we had leading up to our first game. The offense was going to carry this team. Kyle Whittingham was raving about this offense in fall camp. Raving about the quarterback situation, calling it borderline elite it was all, all smoke, <laughs> oh my gosh,
0: and what and, color was that smoke?
2: and then on and then on top of it, all we hear is how far behind the defense was to the offense. None of it was true.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no none of it, none of it was true. <laughs> now we're down a quarterback because the offensive line was so bad. Uh, our starting
2: quarterback got six snaps in, in his in his debut. I mean, how how gut wrenching is that? I mean, I know there were only six, you know, such a short time frame that he was in there. But if you look at what he did in in uh, what was it two series versus what Bentley did the rest of the game, it's pretty clear why he won that starting position.
1: To a, a point, I can agree with that.
0: I don't know that there was enough there to get impressed I, or not yes, impressed. I mean,
1: yeah, and 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 that's true. That's yeah, unfair to kind of you know judge him off the limited snaps he got. But he had two turnovers.
0: He did. He did. The interception w- was definitely bad. That that ball floated on him, and and that was a, that was a bad throw. He had a couple other throws that were really impressive. And I don't know that yet. The, the second turnover, I don't know that you can completely put that on him because as soon as the ball is it, is hiked those USC defenders were in the backfield all over him it was time and time again it wasn't and then he just un, just unlucky reaching trying to recover the ball and got landed and on. and and there's no doubt about
2: it on that pick it was it was not a good throw but even if he had completed that the white or the the running backs getting lit up the minute he catches yeah. it i mean it was just it was a poorly poorly executed play and and unfortunately that was what you saw a majority of the time the offense was on the field offensive line could not block they could not run block they couldn't pass protect I mean across the board and and we'll get into that but you know a little uh, definitely some surprises as far as who started that game uh, the offensive line but is it was just a disappointing performance from from that offense now you know we're gonna we're gonna talk a lot about the positives and the negatives that we saw. Obviously, we gotta we gotta factor in what this team has gone through for the the months leading up to this. The fact of how many of these guys have even practiced in the last month, to you know just their games continually being canceled. The season, I mean, that they're starting their first game a week before Thanksgiving. This team has had to endure so much. It was not really fair to sit here and, and really hammer this team for, for all the mistakes that we saw. But, unfortunately, there were a lot of mistakes.
0: You know, and you go back to what Whittingham said all during fall camp and offseason was the offense was lights ahead, light years ahead of of the defense, and that gave us all promise. And I think... And I don't think that necessarily was just smoke and mirrors on his part. He obviously, he's not one to pump the offense um, on a regular basis. So there was probably something to that. So my guess is that the rampant spread of COVID through the team derailed this. And and a lot of those guys probably haven't practiced in two or three weeks. I mean, they've been quarantined, so they can't do anything.
1: Well, and and Utah isn't releasing that information, right? We don't know who has tested positive, who hasn't, who has been in quarantine. The only thing we do know for sure is Nick Ford was in quarantine of some sort, right? With him releasing that. I, statement I, on twitter I, that, I, I i'm
2: i'm pretty confident stating the entire offensive line and that, in and that
1: <laughs> well and that's where i'm going is i think they still were saturday <laughs> night well you know one thing I, I harp a lot on on this podcast with the offensive line is for an offensive line they have to be one of one unit they have to work together they have to step together that's hard to do when in practice when you guys ha- when you have Players in and out of practice because of quarantining or because of COVID.
2: Well, how, how surprising is it to you guys that three freshmen started on the offensive line?
1: It, I was shocked. So we got, we have Bills at left guard, lemea at right guard, and then you have Comp um, at right tackle. You know, all freshmen getting their first snaps in in a Division one college game against USC. And I know USC. It is up and down. You know, that's kind of the gag with USC, so they have all this talent and they can't put together when it really counts. In the last couple of years under Clay Helton, but they still are a very talented team.
2: Well, they're all, and they're, they, st- they're still four and five star recruits.
1: Exactly. And they have two games under their belt.
2: Big, big advantage for USC in that regard. And, you know, we talked about that going into it that, you know, two games under their belt. Um, with that type of talent is huge. And, you know, Kyle Whittingham always says the biggest progress comes from week one to week two. So I think to an extent we're going to see some of that progress this week. But USC had the benefit of of getting some of those wrinkles out, getting the nerves out, right? There's a big difference between playing your third game from a comfort level to having your season opener. And obviously, you know, there wasn't even the benefit of a home-field advantage Um, with a crowd or anything like that. Just a lot of things that this team had to go up against. And then you factor in the youth. Um, The the thing that's disappointing to me is it was last year, as good of a team as we had, our biggest weakness of the 22 starters last year came on the offensive line. As good as we were offensively last year, the offensive line still struggled. They struggled at times run blocking, and they struggled... Huntley would have to run for his life and pass protection. and So we kind of went through getting Braden Daniels some experience last year. But Paul Miley, you know, and, and even to an extent last year, Nick Ford, we were, you know, getting these guys opportunities to get some experience and and kind of go through those growing pains. So it's disappointing when some of those guys that were young last year and getting that experience were almost starting over at those positions with th- with three
1: freshmen getting their debuts. So do you guys really think that the three freshmen beat out the upperclassmen or do you think it was it came down to practice time, reps, covid.
0: For all we know, some of those guys are still in
1: quarantine.
2: Well, Braden Daniels, he did, he got a number of reps. He actually played quite a bit. Um, you know, he and Keaton Bills kind of switched off a little bit.
1: Uh, Muala got some playing time. Yep. Uh, bam, 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 Tunican got in.
2: So, so they definitely rotated some guys through, and and Kyle alluded to that that some of those positions were pretty close. So they were going to give other guys, you know, both both of those guys opportunities. Um, but I'll be interested to see. Once that staff grades the offensive line performance on each of those individuals and then another week of practice, I'll be interested to see kind of how that that lineup shifts for game number two and if we see any further changes with personnel.
0: I was fully expecting to see another video clip of Harding telling Whittingham to fire him.
2: (laughs) Well, I mean, I, I think we should talk about it. Were Jim Harding... He gets a lot of support from former players on Twitter, and um, I mean he's very well thought of. Kyle speaks very highly of him, but it's it's. I I don't doubt that he's a good coach, but at the end of the day, you're graded off of the performance of your unit. If you look back over the last five, six plus years offensively. Offensive line, we've had some good ones. There's there's, there's no doubt about it. But that is that is the biggest weakness offensively consistently of that group.
1: No, you're right. And I think, uh, honestly, a lot of their problems and issues over the last couple of years were covered by a Zach Moss. And a Tyler
0: Huntley. Well, how many times did we see Zach Moss get the handoff and immediately have to dodge a player from the backfield? Well, he think... made the guy...
1: And yes. I think that's one reason why Zach Moss was one of the leaders in the country in missed tackles is because a lot of those tackles were in the backfield, right? Mm-hmm. And to your point, Scott, it is all about all about their position group and what they're doing. A couple of years ago, Isaac Asiata's group, where four of them get drafted. I don't. I remember that the whole season. I don't really remember. Anyone talking about NFL caliber offensive line at Utah? Mm-mm.
2: Well, I mean, you look at Oregon last year, right? In the Pac-12 title game, that's all the announcers talked about was that offensive line, and rightfully so. They were really good. They shut our defensive line down. They ran the ball down our throats. They protected the quarterback, and they were a really good unit. And and, and I out of out of those the the starting five for Oregon last year, I only think two of them got drafted. And so that tells you something, as good as they were in college, not even all of them got drafted to the next level, but they play really well as a unit, and that's something that Oregon and Cristobal is able to do up at Oregon, and that's where Utah, I mean, Kyle Whittingham says games are won in the trenches, both defensively, we know that, as, as well as any program in the country, if a defensive... Line is solid and dominant you have such a better unit defensively we're missing that offensively
0: going back to your comment cam about the the guys from a few years back and four of them getting drafted and and nothing spectacular happened that season obviously individually they were gifted enough to perform at the next level so does that say the coaching or the scheme that they were trying to put in play at
1: Utah isn't wasn't successful. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of questions around this position group every year, right? Idaho State last year, Idaho State got a good push on them last year, and it was kind of and it kind of seems like they do this every year. They kind of start off kind of almost soft and out of out of sync, and over the course of the season, they improve.
2: And and I think you're going to see that. I mean, this is such a young group. You you look across the board. Nick Ford is kind of your elder statesman, and he's a junior. And and then you got obviously your three freshmen, and
0: uh, Umana. Umana,
2: Umana I, I guess Umana is the 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 senior statesman, the one senior of the group.
0: Who got hurt? So who knows what his status is? Yeah, forward. I mean,
2: hopefully that Tylenol's kicking in by now. <laughs> that was Advil, or excuse me, Advil. That was, that was ridiculous. I tell you, that group was. I'm not sure. Was that a worse performance by ESPN or by by Utah's offense? But um, we're gonna I, I try do, to call this game from our basement. I I do expect this offensive line. We're gonna see improvement. I'm just not super confident we're gonna see it at the rate that we need to see it for this offense to be successful because now you you've got let's let's call for what it is you've got a backup quarterback now behind working behind that offensive line
0: well I and mean, really at this point you you're already you've missed your first two games so now the maximum you're going to get possibly is 5 now you're down to 4 games your starting quarterback isn't coming back, so basically you're almost treating this as a mini camp or a, a, a spring ball spring to ball. springboard you into next.
1: And season. as much as Kyle doesn't want to admit that, that's really what it is. With yeah. as much youth as they're trying to get experience on, the season really doesn't count for anything.
2: Well, and 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 this is this week's going to be a perfect example of that. If the game gets played with ASU. ASU hasn't
1: practiced. They haven't practiced in, in, two, in two weeks, and they and they won't even have a full roster till Thursday. Yeah, it's if they can get there. This this is
2: so bizarre. And if we
0: lose, what does that say? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'll tell you. But you know, I, I I heard it from I heard it from, um, you know, I, I read through some articles from from LA actually talking about this game. And they admitted this was not the normal Utah team. This was not a team that basically they were saying USC should not be overcome with joy that they kind of handled Utah, because this was not a Utah team that you're going to see really going forward.
0: It's interesting that you use the word handled there, because anybody who didn't watch the game and just looks at the score says, yeah, USC handled Utah. But if you look at the stats, they're even all the way down. They are. I mean, it, it, outside of the turno- turnovers,
2: but, the, but yeah, well, and and obviously we know that that's a key to to any any game. But yeah, you look across the board, offensively from running the ball, we out we outran them um, in the running game. Passing statistics, as bad as we were passing the ball, very similar. I mean, we th- we threw for two sixteen, they f- threw for two sixty four. Um and obviously they, they took advantage when, when they got in the in the red zone, they were able to take advantage. Um and that's that's your difference when you factor in, especially those turnovers that we had and some short fields that they got. But as bad as we looked, you're right, Ryan. we were right there outside mm-hmm. of the turnovers.
1: So Cam rising does get knocked out and Jake Bentley um comes in, takes over the team. Uh we gotta take a quick break but when we come back let's talk about bentley and how he did leave in the utah offense all right so before we went to break let's say we're going to talk about bentley taking over this offensive unit i think it was more like hyundai things <laughs> things <thanks> dad joke
2: <laughs> we had a kia out there a Kia with, with uh, no power windows or or locks.
1: So Bentley goes 16 of 28, 171 yards, one touchdown, but two picks. And, and honestly, he just didn't look like a three-year starter out of the SEC for me. That's what blew me away.
0: I mean, he had, what, over 5,000 yards passing in the SEC. And he looked like a deer in headlights that didn't know what to do out there. Well, it wasn't just that. I mean, you factor in
2: the thing that just stood out to me. And granted, none of us are trained, right? You know, we're not ex-football coaches or anything like that. But from a fan's perspective, it was very apparent his lack of arm strength, which to me was the biggest red flag watching him. On, on, On some of those, just his drop back and making a read, and some of the reads were a little interesting. And... His deep balls? I mean, was he out there yelling jackpot after he threw them? <laughs> they were just thrown up into the air and just
0: floated. Well, the, Nothing in in the on the them. Triple, well, I guess I shouldn't say into triple coverage, because when he threw it, there probably was single coverage, but the defenders had enough time to recover. <laughs> <Yeah. it. laughs> I think
2: defensive linemen made it down there by the time the ball to landed. It was. It was not the best showing. Now, again, going back to COVID. He may have been involved, and he may not have been able to practice over these last couple of weeks, and all of a sudden, you're not the starter. That was very clear that was disappointing to him to not earn the starting job. And then so quickly, in the first quarter, basically, the season's handed to you. I mean, and the other thing you think about is they're different type of quarterbacks. We went into that game with a game plan for for Cam Rising. Mm-hmm. You saw the one option play that we had. I'm sure there were plenty of other plays that would be able to utilize his running ability. And and then and then that early in the game, you lose Rising and you've got a game plan dedicated to him that now another guy has to t- has to jump on with. I was surprised at his ability to run though,
0: because from <laughs> oh, what I understand,
2: all all everything we heard about him is he's just a pocket passer and he's He's got lead on his feet.
0: He it yeah. Pretty fast. He almost tripped on the 50-yard line, but he, he recovered. Well, he ran out of gas he, he ran quick out, on yeah. that one. <laughs>
2: yeah. He, he, went from, he went from 60 to about two miles an hour real Maybe quick. Maybe that was
0: COVID fatigue. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but he did show a little bit more in his a, his ability to step up in the pocket and run for a first down and, and do a little bit more with his legs. But. But he's definitely a different type of quarterback. And I
0: wouldn't say all of his throws were bad. I mean, the one throw where they ran the bootleg and he threw on the run to Thompson down the
1: field, that was a
0: nice throw.
1: Well, and it's the, his touchdown throw to Nakua, mm-hmm. you know, right yeah. on a dime, perfect spot, only where Sampson could get it. Um, I, and I guess another part of this, to your point, Scott, about game planning is I don't know if the play calling helped Bentley at all. Uh, with the are you saying fire Ludwig? No, 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 no. But I just felt with with us, poor as the offensive line was playing, they needed to get the ball out a lot quicker. Um, and they kind of started at the beginning of the game. You know, they did a couple screens, rising through the interception on it. Uh, you know, I, I would have liked to see a little bit more wide receiver screens or getting the ball out on the flat a little bit faster. Uh, just to kind of kind of aid that kind of the blitzes that USC was doing, get the ball out of the backfield. Quicker, maybe that could have helped Bentley. um Maybe, maybe not. But still, I, I kind of wanted a little bit more out of, out of Bentley in this game.
2: Yeah, and I, I think I think we're going to see some improvement from him. I we we need to because if that's if that's the type of effort you're going to get offensively the rest of the season, I'm not I'm not too confident we're going to wrap up many wins mm-hmm. because that 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 offense. I mean final score thirty three seventeen and seven of those points come off off the scoop and scored from the defense so offensively you you've gotta get more from this offense than ten points and i mean especially the expectations and and the the level of experience outside of quarterback now and offensive line with what you have at the tight end position with what you have at the running back position which I was I was pleasantly surprised with with what we saw at the running backs and then at the wideout position you have got to take advantage of this they've got to figure out some ways to make Bentley more comfortable and 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 I think I think Ludwig will do that he's going to he's going to game plan around him moving forward and I, I think you're going to see things change a little bit um to his strengths and get him a little bit more comfortable doing what Ludwig asked of him.
0: Why in the world was Keithy not the focal point? Not, not necessarily the focal point, but not even used until late in the game.
2: I mean, look at the stats. Not many people were used <laughs> in the game because the, these quarterbacks were running for their lives. It's it's hard to have a play develop if your quarterback's already running sideways and taking his eyes down the field. I, I mean, I think that's truly a big part of it. And going in... If you're USC, what are you going to do? If you look at this offense and the personnel, you know Keithy's the best player.
1: It was like what Oregon did in the Pac-12 Championship. Game. And they
2: did. They focused mm-hmm. on Keithy. They were not going to let him, him beat you. And so he just didn't have any looks. And you factor all of those things in. And then
0: Covey not playing does it, plays a role in that, too. Yeah. I mean, Covey and his
2: ability to, you know, maybe take some short screens and elude some tacklers. You know, it, it is what it is. But I. I i i'm 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 hopeful and I think we're gonna see a big a big increase from this from this uh, offensive production moving forward
1: so I know we kind of harbored kind of negative on the offense uh, but i thought there were some good things um uh, things that maybe you talk and kind of uh kind of build on uh moving forward what were your guys's you know kind of biggest impacts do you think or, or the positives out of this offensive group i think
0: one of the biggest surprises. For me, was the and we and we heard that he during fall camp that he he had some outstanding play and was going to get some reps. But Ty Jordan, ah, your breakout player, my breakout player. How about that? No, but 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 in all sincerity, that dude is going to be a stud. I mean, I was so impressed with his his speed. His he was didn't shy away from hitting guys, and just gets up and hustles back for the next play. He's got a ton of energy. Well, he, he
2: looked like a senior out there. I mean, he looked like he was the guy who knew what he was doing, mm-hmm. and he was in control of what he was being asked to do. And, yeah, he was making plays, both in, both in the passing game, both in the run game. He was exciting. And for being a, a true freshman, and to be able to jump the likes of Jordan Wilmore, um, Brunfield, and uh, and you know even Mika Bernard, who's been in the program for now uh, uh, two years, it's pretty impressive what what he was able to do. Uh, unfortunately, in Kyle Whittingham fashion, they kind of forgot about him in the second half, which you know Kyle says looking back, you know we we made an error in, in not getting him the ball. I still cannot figure out. How coaches who are so good at what they do can forget about success so quickly. The
0: funny thing with that is, how many times have we heard Whittingham say that over the years about random players? Oh,
1: like, we should have. Four or five times
0: said. every season.
1: Well, it was Troy Taylor with Zach Moss yeah. every
2: game. It uh, Yeah, I don't know. Especially in a game like that where you have so
0: little success offensively, mm-hmm. I don't know how you go, oh. Oh yeah, we forgot to go back to that guy. And granted, and he had that fumble, but I don't even know that that was necessarily his fault. No, Bentley tried to no. hand it to him in his face mask. Yeah, Bentley was trying to <laughs> feed it to him down his throat. But, but I mean, he's going to be a stud going forward, and, and 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 you see why he's get he's getting some run against guys like Wilmore and Brumfield. Brumfield had a couple of nice runs. Um, you know, when
2: Wilmore, you know, he had the most carries. He ended up with ten carries um and and 35 yards so even though he had wilmore had kind of a, a a nice big run some of the some of his other carries he didn't he didn't do all that much but again again what goes back to that offensive line they just really had a hard time finding that success um in running the ball at least doing so consistently but but across the board meek bernard had one carry for eight yards Again, they look good on that run. So they've got depth. They've got Mm -hmm. guys that will be fine. We will be fine if this O-line can block for them and give them some more opportunities. Transition over to to the wideouts. Brian Thompson, uh, two catches for 48. Solomon Enos, three catches for 42. Sampson, three. Um, And then Brent Keithy led the way with four catches.
0: Sampson, three catches on a broken ankle. I
2: know, I tell (laughs) you.
0: And it looked like he heard it on a fair catch, a fair punt catch.
2: Well, and that's one of those things that it could stick with you the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. I mean, ne- you may never get that fully healed by the time the season's over. So that's just that's just another one of those bad luck type of type of situations. But you know, Brian Thompson, obviously, you got to get him the ball more, and we've got to get Solomon Enos. Yes, three catches. That's great. But he's got such good hands. He that... catches everything, and he's a big-bodied guy. I just wish we would utilize him a little bit more. That we've got the weapons. Cole Fotheringham, that beautiful catch from Cam Rising. That was that. That was a heck of a throw. It was on the run. Cam was tackled. was being dragged down to the ground. Um, so the the there's a lot to look forward to. the The thing that Ute fans should be confident and and be hopeful about. Is there's talent here. We know it. The expectations are there. They'll get there. I, I'm 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 I was not very happy after the game, and I was pretty down as the days have gone on, kind of looking over some things with that old line, getting some things figured out, and I have no doubt that uh the Bentley's gonna gonna see some improvement and make some strides here. But I don't. I'm. I'm not confident saying we're going to get to the point that our expectations were preseason.
0: Uh, not this season. Especially with Cam Rising probably not playing another snap until next year. Hopefully next year.
2: Yeah. It's t- tough blow.
1: Yeah, Scott. I'm going to go with you uh, for my positive uh, receiving core uh, in in general. Uh, Brian Thompson. I think mean, being able to see him bouncing back from the injury from last year uh, doesn't look like he's missed a beat. Um and then and then just echoing uh with Solomon Enos. I think, you know, I, that's one thing I said in the off season is we wanted to see Enos going to take that step, that next step this season. Uh granted it's only three receptions, um, but it looks like he can be more of a focal point uh for this wide receiving group.
0: And you gotta remember that uh
1: Valet had that nice catch about three yards behind him.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that that actually ended up being a pretty crucial
0: catch on that it drive. Did. It did. Um, yeah, had he had he been led, he might have been led right into a big hit. I think that actually worked out that he it was behind. We're going to say Bentley planned that.
1: Uh, so as we kind of wrap up our discussion on the offense, maybe let's go around and give, you know, one area we want to see improvement from this team uh moving forward. for me it's got to start on third down. Utah three of eleven, uh that's not gonna cut it against anybody. Uh third down, and I think their third down's gonna be a little bit more manageable as well, not you know, third and ten, third and eight. If they can get, you know, shorter downs, convert third downs more, keep those drives alive. I, I think for me that'll be uh a big improvement, what I want to see.
2: Yeah, for me, you got to get the run game going. That that's going to be the biggest help for for Bentley moving forward is having a run game that can pick up yards, can sustain drives, get some first downs and take a little pressure off him, which would open up the passing game. That's going to be our that's going to be the name of the game. We're not going to be the passing team now with him that I think we thought we were going to be. So the the run game, we've got to see improvement there.
0: I think this, the skill is there outside and, and in the backfield, and I think the biggest improvement needs to be a, the offensive line. If you, if you can give the quarterback some time to throw the ball, and and Scott said, create uh, holes in the running game, you're, gonna see, you're automatically going to see improvements right there.
1: So that's kind of our thoughts on the offense. We would love to hear what you have to say. You can always hit us up on Twitter at Utah Man Podcast. We're going to break down the defense. Before we jump into that, take a quick break, and we'll be right back. All right, so this Utah defense, yeah, I mean, they gave up 33 points, and there's a lot of question marks going in with the youth, especially in the secondary. But overall, I actually think Utah defense played a pretty solid game. I think they got dealt... You know, some some tough cards, some tough hands through that whole game. Whether it be bad punting or turnovers, I think this defense is set up to have a good year.
0: Yeah, I was I was actually really pleasantly surprised and impressed because I I was kind of coming into this expecting, especially the secondary, to get lit up. You know, a lot like we got lit up against USC last year with an experienced. Secondary, uh, I thought they would just try to take advantage of that, and 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 those guys were ready back there. Maybe part of it was a the scheme. They they played a lot of zone. We, we did um, zone finally. We did it well. <laughs> we did, yeah. And maybe that was by design because of, they knew that these young guys would get picked picked apart by a playing man. Well, and and you look at every
2: everybody that's played zone against USC has had success slowing down that passing game. When it's one on one in man coverage against the type of wide receivers that USC has, they eat your lunch, so it was out of necessity you had to really go to that zone but it, it's not just doing it it's a, a zone it's doing it's playing it well and for the it's, most part they're playing they, they, your
0: they, zone well there were no there weren't any deep, deep completions there were some mid range completions, but a lot of I think a lot of the yardage that they got on uh, their passing game came on short passes with broken tackles
2: in part because we were playing 12 yards off the <laughs> line of scrimmage and if you noticed i, I kept watching and i get it you got to respect these wide outs from usc they're fast they're talented but I, to an extent it seemed like we were paying a little too much respect to them by playing so far off mm-hmm. and then the minute the ball was snapped we were bailing giving these guys huge amount of space. And the problem is, to your point, they were catching these short passes, but then they had nobody on them. They could get their speed going mm-hmm. and make a move, break a tackle, which they were able to do a number of times. And, and that's where I was, I was a little concerned why we were giving them so much space.
1: Well, I think they kind of, it almost seemed like Utah went with the bend, don't break mentality um and i think that's why they kind of gave a little bit more cushion um than they probably should have uh I, I will say utah though overall i think it's just little mistakes um that they need to clean up uh, if you look at usc's touchdown drives there's only three of them they went for 4 yards so that's turnover off from the offense they did go they did put a 75 yard drive together for a touchdown uh they did get 42 yards off one play and that was off of a missed tackle, I believe, by Phillips uh, that they were able to do. And then, you know, so there's 42 yards of that 75 off one play. Uh, Max Tupai jumped off sides on third down. Uh, so they had a short, you know, third down. All they had to do was get five. They got eight. So right there, you're about 50 yards of the 75 yards they need to score a touchdown on that drive. And then the last one they scored on was 40 yards, you know, a bad, bad punt. So I, I think overall the defense did play well. And to, to your point, Scott, yeah, they, they, they played off a little too much. I think that was kind of the game plan, though, abandon, don't break defense. The only problem with that is you have to have field position to do that. And those cer- those circumstances where they didn't have the field, USC capitalized on it.
0: Well, and you talk about that 75-yard scoring drive. That, that was, um, I think we saw some youth, or inexperience in that drive because on that 42-yard reception you were talking about, Phillips blitzed from the corner and there was nobody within 15 yards of the receiver. So somebody blew a coverage over there.
2: Well, or they were just, as far as they were playing off, that's a lot of ground you got to make up. Yeah.
0: and Or Phillips wasn't supposed to blitz. <laughs> 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 that would be a strange mistake to just run at the quarterback when it's but, not called. But, right, but.
1: I, I think that's dead on. I think this defense. I, I think a lot of their issues were just the youth and the inexperience.
2: Well, and 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 we all expected that, right? No, nobody expected this defense to perform really anywhere near what we saw last year. So much youth, freshmen at the safety positions, uh, freshmen on a corner. Um, another sophomore who basically you could say it's his freshman year because he didn't get much time last year at all. So you had so much youth in that secondary, outside of Vontae Davis. And I've made it very clear I have not been a huge Vontae Davis fan. Have yes, not you have had a lot of confidence in his his ability. But I'll eat my words. I thought he played pretty well.
0: He did. I mean, there were not a lot of things thrown at him, but he had that one nice break pass break up down the middle of the field, and uh, and he didn't let anyone behind him.
2: No, I you know, and and he he blew a couple of tackles where he kind of dove at some ankles and missed, and and they were able to extend the you know get a little bit extra yardage off of that. But overall, I was impressed with what he was able to do, and 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 to me that's huge to be able to have a guy. Who we weren't sure what we were gonna get out of, but he's been in the program. He's been in the system for a number of years now, so being able that he was he had a good game. You're probably he's gonna stay on the field. That's gonna help that defense. Nate Ritchie, you know he ended up uh, the other safety with uh, with three excuse me five tackles on the day. Nothing really significant you you saw out of him. Um and if you're watching at home, like all of us were, you probably couldn't tell who any of these guys were because the numbers are so small and bunched up <laughs> together, and they all had like love or togetherness on on the back of their uh, their jerseys. So that was that was
0: that was frustrating. I'm just gonna it was, say, especially it. Since with it, such a young team that we don't know who they are. It,
1: it was hard. I had I had to have the roster out in front of me the whole game. I,
0: was
2: it your binder? It was. Binder comes through. I mean, I haven't done that much multitasking in a long time. Going, looking, looking over this roster, trying to figure out who all these guys were. Half the time, you couldn't tell if it was an eight, a six, or a nine that uh, that they were wearing. It, uh, you know, that's conversation for another day. But Under Armour has uniform issues,
1: so we can't keep talking about this defense without bringing up Nephi Sewell
0: heck of a game a
1: heck of a game uh you know transfer from Nevada i i don't think had great impact at the end of last season i, mean, I know he wasn't really expected to play and kind of got thrown in because of injuries uh and he was playing safety when he played
0: last year i think he's in a in the right position this year yeah
1: but having him you know play against Oregon and Texas last year but and then seeing him this year what you you said earlier Scott the scoop and score the interception by him Uh, just all over the field. You know, Winningham, you know, singled him out, and rightfully so at the end of the game. Uh, But but a big step for for Nephi, but maybe when Utah, you know, goes to a more more traditional look with a nickel instead of, you know, the extra safety in there, Uh, what what Winningham said after the game, um, you know, you can even see more out of Nephi, more in the backfield and wreaking havoc back there.
2: Yeah, he had a a heck of a game. Um, You know, and, and again... You know, having played at Nevada, having some more collegiate experience, you could see it. Um, You know, he was ready to play. He obviously made a huge impact defensively. You know, a little bit surprised. I mean, you look at the stats, the stat sheet, Devin Lloyd seemed to be a little quiet. Didn't have a ton of impact plays, but he still let the team with 11 total tackles. Um, I was
0: just thinking the same thing. I didn't realize he had eleven tackles because he was it was it was definitely a quiet eleven tackles.
2: It was. He didn't have anything significant. No no uh, tackles for losses, sacks, or you know any any real notable plays. But I think that's what but, but solid. But I he think was that's solid.
1: Lloyd's game. Yeah, I, you know he 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 comes to work, right? He's not flashy. He's probably not going to get lead the team in sacks by any means. He just comes in and does his job. And I think that's what makes him so great at a linebacker. Can
2: we talk about why he's not using the neck roll this year? I almost That's
1: what threw me off. I almost
2: I almost didn't recognize that's, him without the neck roll. Th-
1: thank you. I kept thinking every time they say Lloyd, I was like, oh no, that's that's Lloyd? Like I can't between him and and Fo two with the zero and the nine, I can't tell him the difference with their number scrunched up. It was the next neck roll.
2: the neck roll. He needs to go back to it. I think we need to like start a Twitter <laughs> campaign to get him to, to get him to do that. But you know that's another guy, Sioni Fotu. I thought he played a good game. He had a, he had a he yeah, had a couple uh, pass breakup and uh, and some really nice tackles. For, again, another young guy um, getting some experience. This defense is insanely young, but talented. But talented and 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 I think. Man, I had I had so low expectations for this defense. And once again, you know, they were put in some tough positions by this offense again, like mm-hmm. that happens year after year. And I had no confidence that they would be able to get the USC off the field. And they did a number of times. They did.
0: They did. They forced him to punt and you know, so, yeah. So I think there's there's definitely room for improvement in a lot of areas, but I would say from my point of view. The pass rush has got to improve. It does. It they does. got to him one time,
2: but again, you know. Granted, you you do at the, at the two defensive end positions, you've got experience in Max Tupai and Amika Tafua, and I mean, you look you look across the board. Max Tupai really didn't do anything significant, which is a little 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 disappointing. And and Mika Tafua, he he had a few good plays. Um, I I will say. Tafua kind of looked like a nigh a few times with his with his jump at at the snap. Oh yeah. Hmm. Obviously, one of the times he was clearly offsides and got called for it. But he looked to have a a faster jump oh, off yeah. off the snap than than I remember seeing from him earlier. You know, in the last couple of years. So, you know, hopefully those guys can uh, can can really kind of. Hold it down, and yeah, you've got to see improvement, and you got to get pressure on the quarterback, especially if we're going up against ASU this week with Daniels. Yeah,
0: you can't – as, as, as Jaden Daniels, as much as he struggled in the pocket, if you give him all day to throw the ball, he'll find open guys.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, and when he was pressured, that's when he was ineffective and when he made some mistakes. Well, we saw that in their game against USC. Yeah. Yeah, and, and game number one for them, you know, but yeah, if he's got time and and then you factor in how mobile he is, mm-hmm. where you didn't have to deal with any mobility issues um, this week against USC, you're going to against ASU, so that's going to make things a little bit tougher on and, and more important to keep him in the pocket and not create any big spaces
1: or big holes where he can gash you um, in in the run game. So, I definitely agree with what you guys are saying. Uh, a great showing by the defense. I think a lot of that has to go with this coaching staff. Morgan Scalley, uh, Coach Shaw, Coach Swan, Coach Powell, all, all of them, I think, you know, I, I think it shows A, their ability to recruit those type of athletes, um, but also, you know, getting them up for the game. Um, and I know it's something, you know, kind of harped on the offense, kind of not being up for the game. Uh, Complete, di- complete difference with the defense. Uh, I do want to talk about special teams with you guys. Punting, look, it, it's got to get better. Ryan, your boy Lennon's—he's got to get better.
0: My Dude. boy, dude's a lemon. He is a lemon.
1: Yeah, he he. Uh, I think I could kick the ball just as
0: far as he did the other night.
2: I hopefully we held on to our receipt when we when we got him from the Australian kick Club. And we can return and, and for a new purchase because he's not getting it done and a, a full off season and to come out and shank the ball, it's got nothing on it, he's backing everything up from the fifty yard line. It's just
0: uh looks like my sandwich game.
2: Yeah, it was it was not it was not very impressive. If you're gonna have a young, inexperienced offense that is not gonna be super consistent moving the ball, and then on top of it you've got a bad punter. You're, you're going you're gonna to kill this defense mm-hmm. with short, short fields for the for their opponents time in and time out. That's a recipe for disaster. But I will say, I, you know, Jaden Redding only had his one opportunity, but he, he put that uh, as a butte. Nothing, nothing wrong with, uh, mm-hmm. with him so far. A uh, little surprised on the kickoffs. We didn't get anything even into the end zone. Is that one of those Kyle Winningham by designs, or is that we just don't have a leg to get it there?
1: I don't know why Winningham loves that trying to put it between the 5 and the 1 because it never works out. Just try to kick it out of the end zone.
2: Not, not to mention, yeah, your guys mess up. You got 7.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Why, why bang your guys up unnecessarily tackling? And why take that chance? Just put it in the back of the end zone every time. I mean... Noise, who all we heard about had a "quote unquote" stronger leg than Matt Gay. If he's got that big of a leg, getting it into the end zone should not be a problem. No, but I'll tell you, it sure it sure seems like both our both our kicker, kickoff specialist, I should say, and Jake Bentley have warning track power. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta find some home run hitters in the in the, in the in those two groups.
1: All right, we're up against it. We'll take our last break. And when we come back, we'll be talking Utah ASU. All right, Utah's scheduled to take on ASU this weekend. The game got pushed to Sunday to try to give ASU an extra day to try and get ready for this game. I have no faith that Utah will be playing ASU. Um, I think I said earlier in the podcast, ASU's been hit with COVID for two weeks now. Uh, they still have the what we're hearing is they've had the majority of their team still in quarantine. They're scheduled to get out of quarantine this Thursday, so they won't really have a, a full team practice until Thursday afternoon. I just don't know. I, I, I honestly don't know if it's going to happen.
2: I'm not sure it should happen, to be honest with you.
1: Well, obviously ASU w- has
0: not been practicing and if they've got that many guys sick, it's probably not healthy for them to play and then you're then you're possibly exposing Utah players again to guys who and yeah and if Utah
2: goes through another bout of this this their season's yeah, done
0: I, I think there's I think there's question marks to this game for sure, and it's not just football related
2: obviously with where Utah stands as a team right now. It probably would help to go against a team that probably hasn't practiced in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably best-case scenario for Utah. But again, if if they're not healthy, I'm not sure it's real great for ASU. And the fact that, you know, are are they spreading anything to Utah? Probably not if they're going to be allowed to play. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not super confident we're going to see this game. If we do, don't love it that it's a Sunday... I don't know, are we going to see a Sunday morning game? Is it going to be a Sunday afternoon game?
0: I think even if the ASU game gets called off and we get and we play end up playing Washington, it's still happening Sunday, right?
2: I, I haven't um, heard anything that would confirm that, I, I but would, it would probably make sense. I
1: would think so, right? Because the game, it w- probably won't know at the earliest until Thursday.
0: So the, right now Utah's watching film on Washington and ASU just in case. <laughs> Yeah. What a rough week. I'll tell you. I'll tell
2: you. This is a rough year for these teams, man. What the crap that they're going through and the, what they're having to put up with. And that's got to be a grind. An absolute grind. I mean, yeah, just to have to focus and somewhat game plan for two different teams in a week. Well, and look not at, knowing. I mean, and, and is it going to be at Utah? Is it going to be in um, up in Seattle If if we have to play Washington? We were just up there last season. Does it make sense to go there twice, even though we were supposed to be on the road this week and they were supposed to be at home?
0: It's, it's a I mean, tough I, deal. I guess it's fair. Washington's, you know, watching film on us and BYU, so... <laughs>
2: Oh, I think it, I, it, sorry I had to throw I, it in there. We could do a whole segment just on the hypocrisy of BYU right now, but I think we'll spare our listeners. There's if they're on social media, they're getting a good taste of it right now.
1: <laughs> so with everything still up in the air, I, I think we're going to just assume for right now Utah's going against ASU, uh that it, it is you know that that game will happen even though I don't think it's likely. Uh but ASU, we've only seen them once this year, um opening day against Uh, USC, if you remember, they had the 9 o'clock kickoff. Uh, They ended up losing that game 28-27. They were leading uh, with about a minute 30 left, and they gave up 14 points right in the last minute. Uh, But but again, I think ASU, uh, even though it's just one game, they they still kind of look like the same ASU we've seen um, over the last couple years, and we mentioned it with, with Daniels. If you can get him uncomfortable, if you can get him moving and out of the pocket, his accuracy goes way down. Uh, And I think, Ryan, you nailed it talking about the defense. If Utah goes against ASU, they have to get a pass rush against this team.
0: Yeah, and whether that's bringing linebackers or giving a linebacker spy Jaden Daniels and and bringing pressure from other places, the front four have got to figure out how to get more pressure uh, than they did against... uh, USC, because um, even if Daniels, he's not he's not a great passer, but he's good enough when he's got time to sit back there and look at the field. He he can find a guy. Well,
2: and they've got athletes all over. I mean, they've been recruiting at a really high level, and uh, you know, it'll 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 be a challenge, and it's going to be a different challenge from from what we saw. You know, they've got they've got a running game. Um, that's more potent than uh, than AS or excuse me than USC's that we just saw. Mm-hmm. So that it will be a challenge, even if they haven't been able to practice for two weeks. They they've got the talent is there, and they, and they've got a good scheme. So either way, you're, whether we end up playing ASU or end up with UW, it's gonna, It's going to be a challenge because both teams have a lot of talent.
0: Well, and even defensively, I mean, we've only seen them play against USC defensively. They they. Sh- did a good job of shutting down usc and to a certain extent but i think usc shot themselves in the foot with some turnovers
1: in the red zone and yeah that, i think that was big as usc had two turnovers in the red zone instead of five yeah I, so and and just looking over at the stats i mean usc had 556 yards offensively in that game um asu had 392 but again you know usc had four turnovers so and then again, it's hard, right? It was the first game of the season, just like what Utah, just experienced a nine o'clock kickoff. How much can you really take that away when you're evaluating these teams? I think it's hard. So I think what you need to do is is try to go what you did last year against ASU. Yes, there's you know a lot of personnel changes on that team, but I think if what Utah needs to do is look at that and kind of game plan game plan against that more than what they did against USC. All right, before we wrap this up and and go into our Pac-12 picks, what's more likely to happen? Utah plays ASU or Washington? I'm leaning towards Utah plays Washington.
0: I would have to lean with you, Washington.
2: I mean, it's hard to say, it's hard to not go with the, the already scheduled game, but with all the circumstances going on, You know, I think UW wants. I I think UW is desperate for for a real game, and uh, I I think that's probably how it's going to go. So it's good that they'll be able to get an opponent that can can guarantee them a game
0: this weekend, and uh, whether it's here or there, yeah, they will play anytime, anywhere, any place. It it does
2: feel good to be really the only sane athletic department in the in the state you know, that knows what they're doing and is not, you know, Utah's not doing anything right now to be made a fool of themselves. So it feels good. It feels good to be on level ground and and, and be in a good spot.
1: All right, let's get into our Pac-12 picks for the week. Uh, going off last week's, your reigning champion and myself, I went 4-0. and Scott did all right at 3-1 and and Ryan's Adding five hundred at two and two.
2: Oh, there's already a gap. There's a <laughs> there's a gap there, right?
1: Uh, so on the season, I'm nine and three. Scott seven and five. Ryan at six and six.
0: Well, we've
1: as we've talked about the entire episode. This is just a throwaway season. <laughs> <laughs> so the games this past week, uh, we all got this right. Oregon beats UCLA thirty-eight thirty-five. That's a lot closer than I thought this game was gonna be. Uh, UCLA though had the lead should have gone into halftime and threw an interception right before the halftime. Uh, but UCLA playing with a backup quarterback and Chase Griffin is UCLA for real? Is is this has UCLA finally turned the corner under Chip Kelly?
0: Well, if they stick with their backup quarterback, they might have because he he seemed way better and way more comfortable than DTR ever has back there.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, the next game, Ryan, you got this wrong. Oregon State beats Cal 31-27. Cal had a good
0: size lead early in the game and blew it.
1: <laughs> they did. The next game, this is the one I got right. Both of you got this wrong. Washington beats Arizona. And then, and then we all picked USC in the Utah game. Uh, this week, Stanford's traveling to Cal. Cal's a one-and-a-half point favorite right now. It's my week to go first. Really haven't seen much out of Stanford this season, I'm going to go with Cal. Ry, who do you got? I'm going to go Stanford on that one. Going with the trees. Scott, who do you got? I'm going to go Cal. Stanford's hurt me one too many times already this year. Uh, then the Civil War with Oregon traveling to to Corvallis to play the Beavers. Oregon's a 14 point favorite. Ducks take that one. Ry? Ducks. Quack, quack. Scott, take the Beavers. I'll go with the Ducks. Next game, Colorado's traveling to LA to play the Trojans. USC's a thirteen and a half point favorite. I'll take the dirty dirty Trojans. Ryan.
0: I will take the Trojans as well. Alright, I'm gonna I'm gonna
2: I'm taking a flyer here. I'm going with the buffs. I don't believe in the buffs. I also don't believe in USC. So um I'm gonna go with the upset here.
1: Go buffs. Uh Arizona's traveling. To UCLA, UCLA is a nine and a half point favorite. Normally, I would take Arizona in this game, but I don't know. Something's about UCLA this this year. It's probably going to come back to to hurt me, but I'll take the the Bruins.
0: Yeah, Arizona looked awful last week, so I'm going to go with UCLA. Yeah,
2: uh,
1: Bruins were a little surprising this week, so I uh, I'm going to go with them. All right, in the last game, uh, we'll pick. We'll do Utah and Arizona State. I'll go with the Utes in this one. I have Utah twenty-one to seventeen. Ryan,
0: yeah, I'm going to go with the Utes also because I think uh, what we saw defensively, I I think we'll be able to stifle their offense enough. It's just a matter of us getting enough points to pull out the victory. But I think we do. I think it's a little low scoring. I'm going to go twenty-four to twenty-one jeez man i I hate this because
2: i want to pick i want to pick my Utes but i'm I'm just not so sure and super confident that uh, that they get it done as they're working through a number of issues so i'm gonna go ASU on this one wow with a i granted I picked ASU to in our preseason so I'm sticking with it we'll go
1: ASU uh 35 utah 24. All right, that will do it for this episode, Ryan. Where can people find you on Twitter?
0: At Drum and Feather. Drum, the letter M, Feather.
1: And Scott?
0: UteMan underscore forever.
1: You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at UtahManPodcast at our home, UtahManPodcast.com. You can always listen to us anywhere you find a podcast. We are there, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. And we hope everyone has a great and safe Thanksgiving and hopefully, there's a great Utah game to follow up that turkey dinner and go Utes. Gobble,
2: gobble. Go Utes. Go Utes. will be till I die. kay Well
1: We're good. Let's cut it. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are their own and are no way affiliated with the University of Utah.
2: I think I have a brain tumor. I can't remember anybody's name.
0: I think my favorite part was in the third quarter. We haven't seen Cubby play today.
1: <laughs> in the in- Was he looking in windows? Oh Inuendos. In-, window. in-, in I don't know.
2: Whatever. In windows. Whatever. In you. No, in you. I'm not doing it. Gertrude. In- Come on. Okay. Say it with me. In. No, in- say it with me. You. You. And. N. N- dos. Dos. Now say it all on your own, no. and I'll give you a star.
0: <laughs> this is like Sesame Street. I this is why
1: I hate Scott.
0: It's like the two-headed <laughs> monsters. And
1: you and Anyway. <laughs>